0: And we're off, again, another episode.
1: Good morning, I won't scream it this time, <laughs> lords.
0: I, I don't know what movie you just referenced a minute ago, but... If
1: you're too young, one of the movies I grew up on was, it's a Vietnam movie, it's called Good Morning Vietnam, Robin Williams is in it. Really? Yeah, and it's like a, it's really funny, but then it has like a drama aspect to it. No,
0: it's like, I grew up with Mrs. Doubtfire. That was good too. That was my Robin Williams. I have never once heard of the movie Good Morning Vietnam.
1: We need to watch that.
0: We got a lot of movies we need to watch.
1: We do. So folks, we got a disclaimer for you today. Coming at you live from my office, uh, Patrick and I are kind of, we're not techies. So we're trying to figure out all our equipment. We've heard from a lot of you that we have stereo recording, meaning if you're in your car, you're hearing my voice out of one speaker and
0: mine in the other. You're like hurt? head-bobbing back and forth, Not at the Roxbury style. Another great movie.
1: Do you have whiplash?
0: A little bit. Most of the time.
1: Wow. <laughs> 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 yeah, So we're, we think we have figured out the problem, but this podcast is going to be that way still. We think the next one will be all fixed, um, and then we'll be ready to rock and roll.
0: Consider it at that time. It will be Christmas, and that will be our Christmas present to you is a fully functioning podcast.
1: Yes, that's a great idea. Hopefully, I love Christmas presents. Actually, I don't really need Christmas presents. So if yeah. Anyway, we, we won't even. You go get there. plenty of Christmas presents. I get way too many <laughs> Christmas right. presents. That's what I'm trying to say. Everyone actually. shows up and drops them off. I'm
0: like, what about me, guys?
1: I know. Well, usually, and, and usually it's like comes in the form of um, refined sugar in some form. That's right. Right. That's right. Um,
0: and it, so I somehow still get a part of it, but you get plenty.
1: So. I want you to tell people though. Let me so if you don't know this, Patrick, he's kind of a big deal. Oh boy. You are. And so we had we had your interview with I always forget if it was at C B S or NBC.
0: It was, was actually ABC.
1: i C. I'm not I did not mean to do it that I'm way. Actually, yeah. Yeah. I get you know, I get the letters mixed up. I didn't do That's too right. well in elementary school. So uh ABC interview. And then you had the Denver Catholic, which honestly, I kinda wanna joke about what's the bigger outlet. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, but honestly, I thought the Denver Catholic article was really cool.
0: Shout out to Mark Haas. Yeah, uh, he's a great guy. He is absolutely phenomenal, and yeah, he actually reached out, and I was I, I think it's probably out of all the stories that um, I've been a part of, the one I'm actually most proud of because I think it means the most and has been the biggest part of my journey. And most of the time, especially on outlets like an ABC or a TED Talk, any of that kind of stuff, you. <laughs> breaking into the religion aspect of any of that kind of stuff is really tough. And especially on like a a network like ABC, that's (laughs) bold on on how you're going to go about that. So now finding that article coming out in Denver Catholic, it was, it was pretty awesome and it meant a lot. So I appreciate that.
1: It was very cool. I, I, you know, it was, they kept it pretty simple. I think they're trying to reach a large audience, but it was, I thought it was well done it was cool they had all the pictures in, it was like the, you catching a touchdown pass uh, at Folsom Field that's beautiful right. stadium in Boulder
0: the best stadium yep it's
1: a great stadium uh, and then they had the picture of you and Steph uh, right after you proposed which is a classic photo I love that one I think there was one more photo
0: there, uh, there was it was a photo uh, from the TED Talk
1: oh the had. TED Talk you did that's yeah. right yeah. yeah
0: so it was uh, yeah it was just a I mean I was so honored to be asked to do that and it meant a lot and it's definitely, again, even on the other stuff. Sometimes it's so hard to talk about faith, but now, now I'm really like among, especially the buddies back in LA and all that stuff. Like it is, I'm full fledged Catholic at this point. Yeah, <laughs> there's no denying it. There,
1: could we, you know, tell me if we could make this happen? Could we, with your connections, could you get us into Folsom, and can we get a picture of me catching a pass in the end zone just like that? And then we could hang them side by side at the entrance to our office.
0: Absolutely. That's game over. (laughs) I think it should just be on the website at all times.
1: At all times. I will say this. uh, Mary was looking up the website for St. Thomas Aquinas recently. And they have two dogs on their staff page. And so, of course, Mary was like, her dog, Seamus, and your dog, Slugger. Slugger that they should be on our staff page.
0: They absolutely should. I was
1: like that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Especially with how much they hang out here anyways. I love dogs. They should be here. Oh, I know. We I gotta just love get, dogs. Someday we got to get you one.
1: I someday when my life is a little less busy, I will get a dog. Yes. So.
0: Well, until then you can babysit Slugger.
1: I, yes, Slugger. You know, he's a great dog. He he is he's got a lot of energy. He does. But He's, he's a very good dog. He's still
0: puppy life-ish. Hopefully growing out of it soon cuz <laughs> Yeah, he's a big boy that still jumps on me way too much, and it hurts. I need him to grow up a little bit,
1: right? At least, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to go there, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. So today, hey, we're going to be talking about Advent today. Um, I have developed this reputation of being the Grinch who stole Christmas, which is it's kind of ridiculous. And you out there uh, in Radio Land, those of you who have gone to Our Lady of Lords. You guys overplay this card. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad.
0: Well, I, you know, the stereotype it it exists for a reason, and I think that was the point of this podcast was that help me understand because if you don't really understand where you're coming from,
1: you are you're kind of the Grinch, right? Yeah. The reason for that, if you if you're not here in Denver, Colorado, scenic Denver, Colorado, That's right? Snowy day. The reason for this is because every year I have this kind of famous sermon where I just tell everybody it's not Christmas. And for rhetorical effect, I always say that line like eight times. It's not Christmas. It's not Christmas. It is not Christmas, right? And everybody kind of goes nuts and everybody loses their mind. And they get, I joke with the congregation here, that I receive more criticism over that. If I if I preach on the most controversial subjects, which I do, uh, not just randomly, but try to do it in context and all that. But on that subject, if I if I preached on the hardest things, if I said, hey, for the next year, all of us, we are gonna just be eating, we're eating nails for the next year. People are like, oh, okay, oh, you know, that's cool. We like our faith. We need some penance. I'm like, hey, don't put up your Christmas tree yet because it's not Christmas and people lose their minds. That's right. They absolutely (laughs) lose their minds. I actually find it kind of funny. People tell me they're like, FB, we will not invite you to our house during the month of December.
0: We talked about, so as another side note, we actually recorded this episode a couple days ago only to find out one of the mics wasn't on and we're like 47 minutes deep. But we came to a joke in there that I still think it applies more than ever. Where I can't. Which one was it? It was that, when it comes for you, Advent and Christmas, if somebody came and TP'd the rectory, oh yeah, you like and this or so the company. companion's house, <laughs> it would not bother you one bit, right? But if somebody came and actually Christmas lighted your house, right, I think that would be the end of it, and that would be the ultimate prank. Please, right. please, I'm not, I'm not giving any addresses, but yeah, you better not. <laughs> I just picture you driving up one day and it's like December 10th and your whole house has Christmas lights all over it. I would love to see your reaction.
1: You, I know you would love that. So, so here's your punishment. So since you're in, you know, inserting, uh, vile ideas into our audience's (laughs) minds. So why don't you, we start here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what is Advent Patrick Devaney?
0: Oh, coming off the, the other podcast.
1: Yeah, you should, you should have a, a great working knowledge of this. That's right. Uh, something
0: like Greek or Latin or something. Uh, well, I think where I would want to start with that is I grew up in, with the understanding and just kind of the my perspective was we were very much the priester family, right. Christmas and Easter. And that w- it was just the thing we did as a family. It was like, no question, we're going to be all together. We're going to go to Christmas mass. We didn't go any other time of the year. Yeah, like that was it. And
1: did you guys go to mass? I mean, you were baptized Catholic. That's right. Yes, yeah, so you did. Yeah, go to so mass. we did. Yeah.
0: But you know, and I've had to talk to you about this in the confessional before. But I mean, I, I can't received talk about that. That well, I can't. And I'll throw it out there because <laughs> I, I had no shame just because I didn't know. But I, like, of course, if I went to any other mass any other time in my life, and even showing up on Christmas and Easter, I would receive. I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Right. I don't even know. If I knew there was like the sin aspect. Like I had never been to confession. Right. Um, I was baptized as a baby. So then uh, growing up, we would do that. We'd bring grandma. She was a devout Catholic. Never really explained the rules to me. Um, but for us, it was kind of like the Christmas season happens after Thanksgiving and you start to decorate. It's the warm, fuzzy feeling. Right. And you start watching all the Christmas movies that you've waited 10 or 11 months to watch. And Christmas mass and the festivities involved of Christmas start to just... Build within the month of December. Yep. And it wasn't until I started working here that I was like, wait, what? Like, we don't, you don't decorate your house, you don't do any of this stuff until December 17th. 17th, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and we it, should put out that. Well, we keep going. I'll, I'll interrupt later.
0: Well, so I just, I started to kind of find it interesting. And then now, like, we always, it's always been a joke. But then I really wanted to get that answer from you of like, what is Advent and come to find out. I mean, Advent means change means the coming
1: <laughs> dang it <laughs> that's awesome he got that right a, a couple of minutes ago he said Advent means change right and i'm like no like where did you get this <laughs> you've been going to one of those uh, you know presbyterian churches or something
0: that's right you know. um so help me understand this whole aspect of advent and why you don't necessarily like to celebrate christmas until around the 17th when everyone else is setting up their Christmas lights and the tree yeah. and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think, and I, sh- I should say this. You brought this up the other day, actually, I think after we recorded the now defunct <laughs> episode of this one. But <clears throat> there's there's lots of churches and Catholic churches that are already decorated. It looks like at least the diocese has a big display up. And so so we should say, you know, there are people who do this, and I'm a little bit of a purist on this. Um, I think I'm right. Otherwise, you know, I'm open to my mind being changed, but I don't I don't think I'm going to change on this one. Um, but people do that. So the, the one-liner I kind of have for people, when people ask about this, one of my big one-liners is that you cannot feast if you do not fast. You cannot feast if you do not fast. I remember there's a story when I was... Uh, a young adult. I think I'm out of that officially at 40. Yeah. At 40, I think I'm officially not a young adult. I mean, I might not have hit adult thing yet, but I'm definitely not young,
0: middle adult,
1: middle adult. yeah. Yeah. So, but when I was a young adult, I remember going to a party one time and it was all these Catholics And someone must have been a rager. Oh, rake! You can (laughs) only—the only thing that's more fun than that is a party where there's only priests. And or and or or
0: it was actually a a true rager.
1: (laughs) Right? Totally, totally. But I was at this party with a bunch of young adults, and one of my friends—I think it was my friend Shannon, who's now a sister of life in New York. The best. She—I was going to go get a beer or something, and she she's like, "Larkin, hey, we get me something while you're out." So I went. I I had. Two drinks, and you know how that happens at parties—you get stopped and you're talking to people. And this guy who wasn't Catholic, and I didn't know he wasn't Catholic, uh, but he was like, "Hey, you double fist in it, right?" And and I remember it was like a feast day that day. And I was like, "Oh yeah, well you know it's 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 St. Dominator's feast day or whatever saying it was. There is a St. Dominator, apparently. Awesome. Yeah. Good. But I just threw that out there, and this guy rolled us, and he kind of got upset, and he was like, "You Catholics will find any reason to party." I was like, okay, see you later. All right, have a good night. <laughs> Big gulp sauce. <huh? laughs> <That's right. laughs> see you later. Uh, but the, I think the point I want to get at is that, this is the first one at least, you cannot feast if you do not fast. And if you, my example I always use in RCIA is that if you had mashed potatoes and gravy and turkey and cranberry sauce every single Thursday night of the entire year, Thanksgiving just becomes another Thursday night.
0: Totally, when you say that, I always, you, know, <laughs> you said that last time. Made me think of—I'm always like craving right around St. Patrick's Day corned beef and hash. Yeah, and that is one that I think if I had that more than twice a year.
1: Yeah, ugh, I'm Irish, but we're not known for our food. That's right, right? There's a yeah. <laughs> but
0: there's something about that meal that you you don't have it all year. But I think my question when I hear that though is like, isn't and this is where I think a lot of people would just resort on the fact of like, well, I've I've fasted for eleven months and now I'm starting in the beginning of January, right. so let me feast.
1: Yeah, and I think this is what beginning happens is we end up we end up missing Advent. The church gives us Advent as a season and, and <clears throat> Advent kind of has two parts to it. And so the, the word Advent, do you really remember? Did you say what it means? The coming. The coming, yeah. So it's it's a Latin word, Advent. Um, and it means the coming, and so Jesus comes twice into this world. Um, some some there's some great sermons that would suggest a third time, but it's a metaphorical third time. And so the, the first time is when he came into the world in the incarnation. You know, uh, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. The 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 second coming, which is in the creed, um, Jesus will come at the end of time. He will come to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. That's referred to as the the perusia, the second coming of Christ. Now there's, there's some sermons that are great that say there's a third coming in between, which is the way Jesus breaks into our lives and he breaks into my soul. But that's, that's metaphorical. Like we're talking about the physical really breaking in of the son of God into this world. That happens twice. It happens at the beginning of his incarnation, at the moment of his incarnation when the word became flesh. And it happens at the end of time. He will come back to judge the living and the dead. Now, so Advent has these two aspects to it. And so the coming of Christ, so the the Latin word is advenire, is the verb to come. And so that's Advent. And in Greek, it would be, not that it matters, but um, erhomai. And that became this, in, in late Judaism and the prophets, uh, you'll see that there's the Messiah was the one who was to come, the one who's coming into the world, and you'll see this in the in the Gospels. So, like John the Baptist, when he sends his followers to go see Jesus, they say to Jesus, and John the Baptist tells them to say this. He he says, "Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another?" And so, excuse me, I've got I've been drinking too much coffee. I've got a little hiccup thing. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the, but the point though, back to why, why are we not celebrating it? So up until December 17th, the church wants us to look at the second coming, not the first. And if you are already celebrating Christmas, and this is where I get that Grinch kind of reputation, but I, I I think the church wants to say this to us, that the readings up until the 17th and in the breviary, the breviary is, uh, a set of prayers that priests and religious pray daily. All the focus, the church wants us to look to the end of time. But if if you're already feasting, you, you miss the whole point of that. And, there's, and I think the point is not that you're doing something evil, it's that you're missing something important. If you miss out on that whole section of Advent... It's really good for us to think about, hey, all these things I think are so important in my life and I'm so nervous about doing this right and that right and I'm trying to get my house clean. My mom used to have this magnet on her refrigerator that said, um, God has put me on this earth to do a certain number of things. At this point, I am so far behind, I will never die. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of a it's like a fun little magnet. But, but I, what I'm getting at is that we get so observed, absorbed with this world and everything is just, I need it right now. I need to do this right now, right now. In the beginning of Advent, the church wants us to tell the world to kind of shut its trap and we need to think about, you know what, this world is passing and the things that one day will, the only thing that will matter is when Jesus returns to judge the living and the dead. And so that, that's kind of the first reason. I mean, I don't know. Does that make sense?
0: It kind of goes back to the, one of the previous episodes where we talked about fearing God, not death, right? And and if you're spending yeah. that time during Advent to just reflect on that. I think my question for you, though, is in my mind, based on what you're saying, Advent, the church should have dev- designed Advent after Christmas. because oh, that's interesting. Baby Jesus comes, and then he comes back. So yeah. why do we why do we flip the cuz then then we're all winning. We can celebrate Christmas in December. Right. <laughs> but that's it. I don't know, it's just kind of interesting the the way that's laid out, but I I do think there's something beautiful in the fact of taking that time and once you started to kind of explain it to me to really reflect on that stuff cuz like we said in the previous episode like why why wait? And most of the time it happens in life like after my mom died all of a sudden it, a lot of things I thought I cared about you know, I had my vision boards. I had all right. these goals and aspirations of material things. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter. None of that stuff was going to ever bring her back. Yep. And none of it would have kept her alive, right? So yeah. so then all of a sudden I went in this place of like, well, why does any of this matter? And why I, I don't know. There's something so beautiful about let's not wait for that to happen, to, to reflect about yep. those things. And instead, once a year, taking the time, and in, in our case, pre-Christmas... It is pretty powerful.
1: Yeah. There's something to, to that, right? There's <clears throat> there's something about the end of things that gives purpose to today. Mm-hmm. And then it, it makes us think about um, life having meaning. It's kind of like Groundhog Day, you know? If, if you're locked in Groundhog Day, nothing matters. Because oh, right. it's just one day after another and it goes on endlessly. And there's, you know, Groundhog Day probably has some deep things. I never get the depths of movies. Some of my friends will be like that movie was so deep and did you see the way the light was cast and like that character came in at that moment and I'm like I just thought it was a bad movie. Yeah. Totally,
0: totally. <laughs> I'm
1: like I don't know, but Groundhog Day I will say. I think there's something about in that movie. Do you remember that movie? Uh
0: sort of. Really? Sort of.
1: Oh, you're kidding. You've got to be kidding.
0: I d- uh mm-mm.
1: Bill Murray. It's a it's a day where he wakes up and he wakes up one day and it was, and it's the same day as yesterday and he's like thrown off and it's groundhog day. But what happens is he figures out. And at first he's, he he figures out that he's trapped in that day. So no matter what he does, he's going to wake up in the morning and it'll be the same day. And so it's, it's really, it, it can get a little deep. I guess I could see a little depth in this movie of the first thing he does is he's like, Oh, I can get away with anything. So he starts doing some really immoral things because if, if there's no consequence, there's no tomorrow and I'm going to like today, if I do all this stuff tomorrow, no one will remember. So I can go walk into the women's locker room or do things that are really bad. I can steal and lie and cheat and do whatever I want. And I just get away with it. Right. And he starts that way, but then he figures out that that's really empty. And what happens is, you know, predictably, he he kind of falls for this girl. But it works the other way, too, is that she can't remember him. And so he can't make progress in their relationship because every day is the same day for her or for him. And she doesn't remember all the stuff that they've done. And it's it's, it's actually kind of an interesting thought of, like, people want to live forever. But there's something about when we think about the end – it gives value to today that my decisions actually have consequences, and actually that's a really good thing, uh, because otherwise our, our actions become meaningless. Totally. I can't believe you don't really know Groundhog Day.
0: I I think I was watching Aladdin. Like I don't. Like, <laughs> right. I know I've right. definitely uh, I've seen parts of it maybe I, a long time ago. Um, I for some reason I was thinking of Caddyshack, and nope, no, none of that is landing. But
1: yeah, no, but that's I mean same character and yeah. same actor
0: yeah um, and I think and you'll have to help me here but I think one of the when I first experienced and it's um, I think it's at Easter where we say uh, you say from Ash we were raised into Ash will we return or
1: um, remember you are dust into dust you shall return
0: that's what it is and there's something about that that's so beautiful for me of just consistent like if you don't have those parameters of like at some point like, how do you live in a world where it's like things matter and things don't? Yeah. And when you're ultimately returning back to dust at the end of the day, what did that argument matter? Is it worth, you know, those certain things, but also in, in for your point, living life in a way where there is consequences Yeah. and understanding that. Um,
1: and to, that's huge. And a lot of philosophers talk about that, about how death is actually a very important thing for human beings. And that it, and we don't think about this stuff. And I will say, like, when you become a priest, which you probably won't ever, you've preached of the baptized, but that's another story. But priests, we do a lot of funerals. We do less at lords than a lot of churches. But when you do a funeral, it's very powerful, and you can. It's such a moment people are open to the gospel because they realize this isn't just one day after another. It's not like there's one of my, I think it was a professor I had at one point used to joke about how it's kind of like mowing the lawn. And you're like, I think the guy said like my son, you know, makes fun of me because he's like, dad, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm mowing the lawn. And he's like, well, dad, aren't you just going to like put more fertilizer and water on it? So it grows more so you can cut it again. And he's like, ha ha ha. That's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) And there's, there's, the finality, at some point when we die, someday when I die, there's an end. Yeah. And there's uh, there's a mark where God will judge my life. And we get scared about that, but there's actually, there's something profoundly beautiful there that it gives purpose to the rest of my life. And Advent, and this is, I think, what we want to get to today is that if you're celebrating Christmas from the day after Thanksgiving you miss all of that and you miss that and as christians i think you know there's a there's some christians out there i'm i am very enamored by this kind of idea i don't think that we would ever i don't know how we would do it practically but some christians think that we should move our celebration of christmas per se to march 25th which is the uh, annunciation so the, the moment that, that God actually became a human being is not the moment he was born. It's the moment that he was conceived inside of Mary. Right. And we celebrate that liturgically on March 25th. And some some Christians out there, and I, I agree with them, they think it would be wise for us to move our celebration to that day because Christmas has become so secularized that it, it has kind of ceased to really say what the church wants to say to the world at Christmas time. And maybe there's a good transition to talk a little bit about feasting. Right. And and Patrick and I talked about this a little last time, but I, I do want to share this with you all, is that I, I think one of the things that happens is, and this is from our friend Joseph Pieper, who is a Catholic philosopher, who, German Catholic philosopher, and he's writing around World War II and the the years after World War II. But a, a Thomistic a philosopher someone who followed St. Thomas Aquinas is what that means. But people loves to talk about feast days. And, and the, one of the things I want to say to everyone out there is that part of the problem with us, just, I know it feels good, you know, and I know I look like the big Grinch and I know you're just like, I just want eggnog and I want Frank Sinatra singing Christmas songs and Christmas trees and decorations and sugar cookies and I get that. I don't hate those things. I, those things. There's something really good and human there. But what? What? One of the things Pieper says is he says. Uh, a, a real feast has something to do with something in life that is profoundly good, and that wasn't just a party we created. And so, so real, real, true human celebration has something to do with. The world is good and something happened that that I didn't do myself, but that I can celebrate the goodness of life. I, I think of like when World War II ends and there's like victory in Europe Day. And in just in just that moment, it's not just like, hey, I want to have a party, but it was like, oh my gosh, evil has been defeated. Our soldiers are coming home, and life is going to be normal again and good. That's a different kind of a celebration than let's throw a raging party and just let's all just be happy. Does that does that mean? The-
0: it does, I think there's something interesting with <clears throat> it's kind of like uh, just some of my background, but like diet culture, and like you, and I bring that up because a lot of it is spearheaded by the amount of money that is made and spent throughout the years. And it all started when cereal came around and all this kind of, you know, um, big corporations started just influencing the culture. The way that I could see Christmas is a huge, I mean, it starts with black Friday that rolls into the Christmas presents. And all of a sudden you have so many huge corporations marketing all the above going into that and kind of playing that, um, which is just, I don't know, it's so interesting to kind of think about how those external factors influence our decision and our perception of Christmas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a huge marketing and money-making thing. And, and you know, not that I don't want to just be super negative about all that stuff, but I—but we're missing the point. And there's, so there's a big difference between when you and Steph have kids and let's just say, you know, your fourth child, or six. Let's say your sixth child, oh, oh right? Oh, wow. So when your sixth child is born, and it's her fifth birthday, you and Steph, right, with your daughter Brianna, you there will be a joy that's different than just we had a Friday night party. You there's a there's a celebration of there's someone who came into our lives that gives meaning to our everyday existence and we would never be the same and life could never be and never will be the same without her that's really different from the frat party not to pick on any frat guys out there but kind of it's just different it's not bad to have a frat party unless you do something immoral at it but but to throw a party is is fine but it's just it's just a different character and so what what joseph Pieper says to us Christmas is not... And this is what I really want to say to everyone. I feel like people are are like, but FB, I just love Christmas. I love all these different things. That's fine. But it kind of feels to me a little bit like our culture. It's not that they're celebrating something true. They just want want to escape. And to me, the analogy is it's kind of like, I just want to get drunk. I just want to get drunk. And I just want... I just want to not have to be the normal grind of life. And Christmas makes me feel good. And there's nothing wrong necessarily with feeling good, but that's not what Christmas is. Christmas is the moment our redemption is breaking into this world because the Son of God has united a human nature to himself. Salvation is about that. Salvation is about a human nature, a human person, and Jesus, and this is—I don't want to get too deep into this—but Jesus united a human nature to Himself. And at the end of the day, what your salvation will mean, if what you and I are saved, is that a human person is united to a divine person. And so our redemption—something real is happening there—a moment where the world, the evil in the world, was defeated, where the light broke into the world and I just want to say if you're celebrating with the world and you're just like I just want to get drunk that's not what we believe as Christians
0: and it I have to point this out too because you had mentioned this but like, it's not that you don't celebrate Christmas right. right like the church gave us Advent and that's a time that we need to just you're, you're saying slow the brakes on the celebration of Christmas yep and we take the time to reflect on Jesus coming during that time again, yep. coming again the second time. But then you... What are the dates again? It goes right. like December 17th. All of a sudden, I would say you get it more on the... Uh, on like the back end of the dates and you probably exactly. keep up your Christmas lights and the trees up longer than, you know, New Year's Day. People are throwing away all their stuff and they're moving to the New Year's resolutions, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So when is it that you should be... So what's the... So,
1: so I think it just... It's a principle thing that the, the, the two comings of Christ, the end of time and then the first time, and I don't have an answer. They had a good question there about like, seems like it should be, we should celebrate his coming first and then yeah. the end of time. Like the
0: end of January, we, we celebrate Advent. And
1: we kind of, we don't do it in December, but we, at year end, we also do that. So in November, when the, the church's new year begins with the first Sunday of Advent at the beginning of December, and we, we, we celebrate the end of time, or we don't celebrate, but we, we look towards the end of time. As a meaningful thing at the end of the church year, so going into December. So at the end of November, but we also kind of start that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have a good answer for why that is. It's it's a little tricky. But what I will say though is that yeah, it's a great point. The you can't feast if you don't fast. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes I think of the the football analogy for you, the football player. But the analogy I would make is. You always kind of think like the guys who win the Super Bowl who never saw a minute of playing time, like it's real. But they probably would have felt better if they if they were like the starting linebacker, and it was a really hard game, and you were in the fight, and like it was close, yeah. and you. And I just feel like the guy on the bench, you know, he's a part of the team, but he kind of it feels there's something about feeling really good when you've been in the fight. Mm-hmm. And so the celebration at the end when all all these guys who never got a minute of playing time run out and they're like, oh, Super Bowl champions. I always kind of feel bad for them. I'm like, you know, that's I don't know. It's
0: great. Yeah. No, I yeah, – well, I think I struggle with that when I had a – like I said, I had a cup of coffee with the Seahawks. Right. And now it's like a tagline when people like produce anything. And luckily, Denver Catholic made it about CU. But yeah. normally it's always like – when I was on ABC, they're like ex-professional football player. And I'm like – uh yeah. I hope none of my buddies see that because they actually played and right, totally. <laughs> it's like super embarrassing. I'm like, no, I like I would much rather have been Tom Brady than my like cup of coffee in Seattle. Like it's right. So yeah, it is, it is.
1: So, true. There's something like that with Christmas. So so on the seventeenth, the church then turns her gaze towards Bethlehem. So that's what I tell families that's a natural time. It's not arbitrary. The church's liturgy then starts looking at towards the first coming of Christ. And that's when it starts. And so that's a great time to do that. The O Antiphons start on the 17th and that the O Antiphons are where we get O come O come Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. That's an antiphon that comes from the the breviary. But that's a great time to turn. So you, you that's when I decorate is starting on the 17th. But then Christmas is a season. And those of us who have fasted and we've longed for God to come and set things right. And we, and every year we sit with that in Advent and we sit with something's wrong and I need to repent and I need to reform my life. And that matters. That's a big part of the Christian life, brothers and sisters. And it's not just something you should know in the back of your head. It's something you should experience and you should allow yourself to experience. But then, then we move into Christmas and the, the unbelievable humility and mercy of God that come came to us when we couldn't deserve it, and broke into this world. And so then Christmas goes all the way to the feast of the baptism of the Lord, and that's like I don't know the exact date, but it goes. Christmas goes like six weeks or something like that. I'm all, I'm not a liturgy guy as much. There's my excuse, but but yeah, it goes all the way to the baptism of the Lord, and and I think that's really important. I think if you if you treat Advent the way it's supposed to be treated. We're celebrating Christmas still, and then we can say to the culture, "Hey, Christmas!" T-, they'll say to you, "You know, don't you love Christmas time?" And you can say to them, "I do. I love the true Christmas time." Right. And I'm celebrating not just because it's winter, which isn't really isn't anything to celebrate, and not just because I'm I need a break from my normal kind of just day to day life. I don't just need to get drunk. I don't just need to escape. I don't just need to check out. I'm celebrating because. What Jesus did showed us that the world actually at the end of the day really is good and that God loves us and came to redeem us. And that's something worth celebrating.
0: What a public stance too when you're the family that, you know, any kid that's driving down the street is going to ask mom and dad, why are their Christmas lights still on in late January? And you're standing firm in your faith. I mean, it it is just crazy to me how that's not very clear. Like it, it literally was not until I met you. Yeah, that all of a sudden I was like, "Wait, what? Like, that's how is that not more recognized?"
1: Yeah, and some priests are like this, you know. Like some of the companions, even you know who you are, but some of the companions I think don't even fully appreciate this. And I, I you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. It's not like you're committing a big sin or something like that. But I just think, but it does matter.
0: Yeah, um, I I kind of picture Father Mike going to bed with like an elf hat on. And like his, his room does. is just like lit <laughs> yeah. Like all these Christmas he lights Yeah. Uh, he's
1: But he's funny because he's not like We have some guys who are like really into the whole Christmas aesthetic Yeah And, and Father Mike's more like He just likes to be weird and quirky Yeah You know
0: I could picture him like putting Christmas lights on his bike And riding that around town Where it's like And the not spokes talking to are you like, for the first right, hour of the ride right. <laughs> Yeah But he's got like His like spokes are like lit up Oh Father Mike
1: so, I wanted to to bring this up in the the time we have remaining. So, so this whole theme that I've been trying to touch on of like, you know, what is there to celebrate? What is a feast day? So, Pieper in his one of his works, he has this great quote. He quotes Frederick Nietzsche. Uh, oh, Nietzsche's back. Nietzsche's back. That could be, that could be like a book or something. I don't know. Um, but Nietzsche has a quote, and he says. Uh, the trick is not to arrange a festival or a feast, but to find people who can enjoy it, and that's, that's that moment I think where we've all been there. I think that when you've gone to like a hundred parties and all these people have conversion stories, where it's really fun for a while. I mean, parties are fun. I enjoy parties, but if you're if you're if you're if, you're, if all you ever do is party, at a certain point you actually is just like. It gets old. You get burnt out. And is and is there really a reason to celebrate, or am I just gonna go drink too much, one more time?
0: Eventually, I feel like you get to a point where you almost need another party. Like you, it gets you reach such a an high and then such a low, and you need to get out of that low by going to another party. Yeah. So you're continually searching for this next thrill.
1: That's an interesting idea too. Is like I wonder if that's if there's something deep there about. I'm sure there is when we you had said this i think when yeah you're looking for the next thrill so what do you have to do you have to ratchet it up a notch right, right. well
0: it's, i think you see it like a lot i mean that was my story and and a lot of the um, scenes i was in in la and all that kind of stuff like the partying only evolves and it it gets more and more intense yeah with starts with you know a drink here it turns into all of a sudden it turns into drugs any of that kind of stuff that you're consistently looking for the next better thing yeah. because I think buzz. your brain naturally has like the dopamine effect and blah, 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 yeah. that oh, the crash is so terrible. The high is good. The crash is miserable and you're doing anything to get out of that. So you need more or something better. Yeah, And that's where you see drug addictions, alcohol abuse, all that kind of stuff. Cause it, it is, you're looking, you need the thrill to get out of it.
1: That there's something really profound there because it, I think that just speaks so deeply. That's really profound. It speaks so deeply to man needs something that is true and meaningful in his life. 100%. And we're, we're so desperate for that, but if we fill that with counterfeit things, it it doesn't it doesn't deliver the goods anymore and we have to we have to go to the next level. Right. But really what all of us need, the only thing that can satisfy you is like what if there really what if life really is good? What if the, what if God really is good? What if I really am loved? Gosh, I get emotional with this stuff. It's it's, it's like, powerful.
0: Like, I, again, that's why I think when I hear your explanation of Advent, the true couple weeks of the Advent season yeah. to reflect on it where you're like, what am I doing? I'm partying like crazy. I'm trying to find that none of this matters. Yeah. None of it matters when Jesus comes back and now there's skin in the game. You're like, Oh, I'm going to be judged on this. Like yeah. it, it really changes your focus. Yeah. And again, going back to what like, I joke about, it, but I had the vision boards and I wanted the private plane and I wanted this and that yep. to where all of a sudden when things became real and I'm at the gates trying to get in or my mom has died yeah. and all of a sudden I'm like, the private plane would have done anything. Yeah. I would have maybe gotten home sooner after she died, Like, yeah. but that wasn't going to save her. Like, We all have a time card on that. And so truly taking the time of Advent and giving it, it's just it's there for a reason, whatever that reason might be. But to allow yourself to go to a place of just that true reflection, without needing some life changing event, I love it. I think that is so cool.
1: It's so profound, and that <clears throat> that's what we're all hungry for. And and I have a hundred stories from my own life and people I've encountered before I as a priest, after I became a priest. But that's what all of us want. We we don't want. We don't want a celebration. It's kind of like, you know, when someone says like they love you, you want people to say they love you, but only if it's true. Mm -hmm. Totally. Only if it's true. I want, I want people to love me, but I don't want, like, and it's, I mean, on a more shallow level, I want people to love my sermons, but only if it's real. Mm -hmm. I don't, and I actually don't want to hear them say that if it's not true. And, uh, I don't necessarily want to hear if it's really bad, (laughs) but let's really quick. The last, last line for me, I think is from St. John Chrysostom. And again, all the credit here goes to Joseph Pieper, but, um, the, what happens is at the end of this essay, Joseph Pieper quotes St. John Chrysostom. And he has this really simple line, but this, this is just says it for me. Uh, it's Latin, which is your favorite language, um, but it says in in Latin. Chrysostom says, "Ubi caritas gaudet, ebi est festivitas." Which I one more time. You want to try this? You want know to you want to give a translation? Here, here, here it again. So, Here's the Latin. See if you can translate it. "Ubi caritas gaudet, ubi gaudet, ebi est fa- festivitas."
0: I think it's like. Uh, A bunch of gibberish and I think they throw in festivities.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's the exact translation. (laughs) Perfect. No, it says, so uh, the translation into English would be, I'm not translating this straight. I'm just reading it from the book. It says, where love rejoices, there is festivity. Where love rejoices, there is festivity. And that's, that's what I've been trying to say this whole episode is real joy, real festivity. If there's not If love is not rejoicing, you can't actually have a festival. You can't have a feast. It, it, It becomes a counterfeit of that where it's just a numbing or an escape. And I fear that's where the secular celebration of Christmas, and I think that's what it is largely now. And I think as Christians we have this, we have a reason for love to rejoice like our, our hearts have a reason to rejoice because the one who loves us has entered into this world to redeem us. And that's why we can have festivity. But I think, I, I do, I just think the cultural celebration of Christmas distracts from that, which is why we should live Advent.
0: So powerful. I can even see if the way the culture is taking Christmas now, and when we talk about those, you know, again, if it's not partying or drugs any of that kind of stuff it is that one-up game though and these thrills of like it okay, will last all of a sudden it goes from like we have an innocent little advent wreath and then all of a sudden you've turned into the Griswolds right. at Christmas <laughs> yeah. where yeah. it's like you continually need that because all year long you're looking forward to it, you finally get to it and there is an element of escape there is something about going home in December turning on elf zoning out just living in that kind of just like reality of like, okay, well I'm almost two weeks till I get a Christmas break, all that kind of stuff to where it, it's, it's a, maybe not as intense, but it is an escape no matter what yeah. you're using it for.
1: Right. No. And that's, and, and I think everybody out there knows this, but it's worth saying, I love talking about this stuff with you because I need to hear this and all of us have that temptation where and we we have times we just need to escape and zone out and i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that as long as we don't give into that too much totally we need somehow to be drawn into the deeper questions of is life good am i good is god good uh what is the purpose of life <clears throat> and not to kind of just fall into that trap of just kind of a um a spiritual drunkenness where we're just escaping
0: yeah because um, I think there is a reality of that, though, too, of like, I, and I'll just say that for myself, I'm not at a place where there are times, there are times where, yeah, it is really nice to go home and watch, you know, Santa Claus, whatever it is, and yeah. name your movie, right, and I'd love to say, yeah, I'm going to go home and do a rosary or something like that, but sometimes I just need that break, like, totally, and, and as long, I guess, and piggyback on what you're saying, if you can, I guess, moderation, in a yeah. weird way of like it's not a true escape that you're taking all the time and you and there's something really deep and underlying there. Dude, life's hard. Like yeah. work can be tough, all those things. That yeah. it's nice to just go relax for a little bit and you like totally. take a break on yourself.
1: No, there's, there's legitimate forms of that. Yeah. You know, like you've seen me do this. Like I'll just go into my living room over here and I'll just pick up my guitar. Right. Probably drive everybody nuts, but you guys won't tell me. At least you're good. Thank you. Yeah. That's all I wanted to hear. That's right. I do. We should wrap up. I want to give you guys um, today's, I sometimes say my sermons are sponsored by different people just because I steal their ideas. Right. So today's podcast is sponsored by groundhog day, yep. right? Joseph Pieper And I wanted to give you the peeper reference. If you don't know him, if you've never studied philosophy, it's an adjustment. He's, but of philosophers, he's an easier one to read for sure. But I took the, the references today to Frederick Nietzsche, and um, to St. John Chrysostom out of a book by Joseph Pieper. It's just a book called An Anthology and it's excerpts from a bunch of his different addresses and writings and things. And there's a chapter called What is a Feast? And so if you're looking for that, that's a great book. I I love Joseph Pieper. Never met him personally, but I consider him a friend because when I read him, he helps me understand what life is about.
0: Also, just a word of encouragement. If you type in Joseph and you're not finding anything, because oh, yeah. the guy spells it with an F, yeah. Joseph, Joseph peeper, right.
1: Joseph, Joseph peeper. It's an
0: F, not a <laughs> pH at the end. Just yeah. don't get confused on Amazon.
1: Right. We'll check that out next time. We hopefully we'll have our technical difficulties fixed. So sorry if you have whiplash after listening to us in your car or, <laughs> or your headphones, your headphones at the gym. if you feel like you're trapped between Patrick and I, you know, hugging you or <laughs> something. Right. COVID hug. That's it. Um, okay, everybody. God bless. Uh, happy Advent. And if you're listening to this in Christmas time, Merry Christmas. Um, and we will catch you next time.
0: See you next week.